Greetings. Welcome to a special evergreen edition of the Steve Day Show with yours truly. I am Steve Day. He is Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. We are pleased that you are here with us today. If it is a special evergreen edition, it means we are not live, but we are still original. You are getting a brand new program of the program. Brand new program. Brand new show of the program. You know what I'm trying to say. It's a brand new show. You get a brand new one, and we have saved it for a special occasion just like this, meaning we needed a day off. And we're going to do something with today's Evergreen that we have never done before. We are going to build an entire show around a listener email. One of our listeners, one of our esteemed listeners to this program, Rick Amerson, early in 2023, sent me an email with a list of a baker's dozen questions that he would love to ask former President Trump as he gears up for another presidential run. And I thought these were so good and at least so worthy of discussion that we're going to build the entire show around these questions. But first, a word about one of our most popular partners, our friends over at Eden Pure. Their thunderstorm air purifiers have gotten so many positive notes of feedback since they came on board our show last year. And right now you can save $200 on Eden Pure's Thunderstorm 3-pack for whole home protection. Three units for under 200 bucks. That's a fraction of the cost of their competitors who probably don't work as well anyway and are much more expensive. And they throw in free shipping as well. Three units so you can get whole home protection with this special offer. Uh, No filters required ever to replace or out of your own pocket expense. Just go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use the discount code Steve to take advantage of this deal. Discount code Steve at EdenPureDeals.com. Don't forget, shipping is free too. Shipping is free too. EdenPureDeals.com. Use the discount code Steve. Now, let me say a couple of things up front. Number one, if you want to present to us questions that are this compelling for, say, Ron DeSantis, we'll, we've got one more evergreen slot to fill this year. We'll do that show, too. OK, if you have thir- if you've got if you've got 13 questions for Mike Pence, or, nobody cares. Right. So the only two candidates we care about, most of you care about, are Trump and DeSantis. So we're willing to do this for them. And so if anybody's got a list that's as compelling as these questions, to sit down and do a program, you know, based around how we think Ron DeSantis would answer those questions. I'm game to do that, aren't you guys? Sure. Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. All right. Um, number two. We're going to do this a few different ways. Number one, is it a fair question? Is the question fair? Number two, how would you expect him, if the question is fair, that's the first threshold. Is it a fair question? If the question is fair, then number two, how would you expect former President Trump to answer if you had a chance to ask it? And then number three, how does that deviate from how you would prefer that he answer it? Got it. Are those three conditions fair, Aaron? You think so? I think so. The second question is going to be... I don't know. I, should we put an over under on the number of questions it is? Like five and a half questions in, in until 
we start pulling our hair out because of that second question that we're have that we have to ask. How would he ask that? Because I think that's what I'm trying trying to get inside his head. I think might drive us nuts. So for nothing else, for nothing else, if you're playing along at home, maybe kind of keep track of where we are mentally uh, on this episode. You might see us go crazy. We break something like that. You know, aside from the questions which are compelling in and of themselves, I believe uh, another aspect to the show is we might actually go nuts. Hello, darkness, my old friend. (laughs) Are you guys ready to begin? All right. All right, let's go. Number one. Mr. President, you say the election was stolen in 2020. What have you personally done over the last couple of years to ensure that the 2022 election also did not get stolen? Was it stolen? Why didn't you stop it? What would you do over the next couple of years to ensure the 2024 election is not stolen? Since you failed at stopping the 2022 steal, why should we trust you to stop the 24 steal? If you can't stop the steal, how can you win? Number one, is this a fair question or are there elements of it that you think are maybe not fair? The first part is fair. The second part is not fair. I don't think the 2022 election was stolen in mass. Arizona is a different animal. But I think the first part of this question is absolutely fair. Did you what what have you done to try to ensure that this doesn't happen again? Todd, is it fair? I think the entirety of it is fair. I, I Aaron's right. It was targeted around Arizona, but it was targeted uh, the time before. And it's even though it's only Arizona, we're talking about Carrie Lake, who is very much attached uh, to Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. So I think we're, I think we're, we're talking apples to apples and it's slightly antagonistic. Uh, but it should be because, as I said, if we can't we really we, we talk about agency within the Republican Party, but you we don't have agency, period. If we don't have a vote, we can trust on any level. No, we're not going to sit here and criticize on our show the horse doctor at Pfizer or Klaus Schwab's unwillingness to answer questions from independent journalists and then just say right. Donald Trump shouldn't be subjected to questions on the basis of they have maybe an antagonistic right. bent. I mean, you're the leader of the free world. On a daily basis, people follow you with a nuclear football. Can you handle uh, some questions with an antagonistic bent, maybe? Right? So, on that, I agree. Um, How would you expect him to answer this first question, then? Well, we're doing very well on the election integrity issue. Very, very well. We've launched many, many, many lawsuits. Many lawsuits. So I expect many things coming down the pike. Uh, as far as 2024 goes, uh, I do expect them to, to steal the election. Uh, but I, I, I'm, 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 I trust that uh, I trust that we'll be able to to have some of these lawsuits end up in our direction. And uh, and really, I, I think what 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 the bottom line is is that people like Trump. People like to vote for Trump. And I think many many people. Have, have gotten a taste of what Joe Biden is like. And, and I think at the end of the day, we won't really need these lawsuits. You see what, where I'm going here? He's just going to kind of non-answer that. That's a filibuster, not yeah. an answer in your view. Is that how you think he would answer this, Todd? He would say, listen, he'd say we threw the kitchen sink at them in uh, 2020, but the, uh, the system is terrible, and that's why I need to get back there because only I can... Uh, yeah. save some which is incoherent on its face so like i we threw the kitchen sink at them last time and it didn't work but i need to get back in there so i can try again it would be something 
where the math did not add up. Then how would you want him to answer this? Uh, well, I would focus, actually, if Carrie Lake really seems to dig him. I think he I think it's mutual on some level. And I I think I don't I, I'm I don't know how it's gonna turn out, but at least that the legal machinery of what Carrie Lake has done, there's been a level of efficiency to it. So I would focus on what's going on right now because it is again in front it's about to be in front of a, the um appeals court, federal appeals court. They plan on taking it all the way uh, to the Supreme Court. It's been as... As of the time we're taping this. We have to keep yes, remembering. Yes, yes, yes. Who knows when people Correct. will get a chance to watch this at some point this year, but yes. And I don't know that they could have done much better. You know, yes, she's <clears throat> there's Hobbs is there running the show now and dismantling things uh, in real time, but I guess I would focus on uh, what Carrie Lake as much as possible because it's been far more effective than anything yep. he did. Exactly. I, I would prefer he answer it by saying and pointing out that uh, he spent much of the last year leading up to the 2022 election visiting red state state legislatures and red states and holding rallies there uh, and talking to state legislatures demanding they tighten up their election laws there, uh, putting my uh, considerable political clout behind efforts to pressure Republicans to not make mistakes like were made in Georgia in, uh, in, in consecutive cycles. Um, that, you know, you've seen me everywhere around the country holding rallies, holding events, um, both um, rewarding Republicans and pressuring them uh, to listen to the concerns of their base, the concerns about voter fraud, the concerns that came out of the 2020 election. But I can't do that because I didn't I didn't do any of those things. Yeah, I didn't know it was an option as part of this show that we could say things that he was never, ever, ever going to do. <laughs> well, one of the categories is how you would like him to answer. Well, I would have. I, I remember. Remember when Mitt Romney <laughs> didn't campaign on anything we cared about in between presidential runs. Do you guys remember? Nothing to endear himself to the base or anything at all. Now, listen, I'm not comparing Trump to Mitt Romney because, you know, uh, that's, I'm not, I don't compare cockroaches, but Trump's way ahead of Mitt Romney. But the, the central point here is what amount of his clout did he utilize over the last couple of years to move the ball on this issue? None, it's eerily quiet. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I can't I think of but, anything either. Like, are you surprised? No, no, not necessarily. That, that's fine. I'm, yeah. I'm going to answer questions of what I would like him to do within the capacity I believe he's demonstrated in the past to elevate his okay. game to a level. He's not, he's not thinking about this in any way other than what it benefits him that's, and that's, his comeback. And that's he's not doing it because it's 
fundamentally problematic to both uh, to the what's better to is come back than more rallies that's why i put that in the context of my answer hold these rallies around the country state legislators that are doing a good job on the issue bring them up to the stage you know tell the audience hey give this guy a round of applause people in those states that are not moving are not doing a good job do the same thing and you're holding your rallies to promote your brand at the exact same time the rallies are good he's just not good at doing it the way you're talking about the way he's good at doing it is talking about see they did it to us us. Uh, no one stopped it. Uh, we were right. And just to prove we were right is Carrie Lake got screwed. And now look at what Hobbs is doing there. She's rolling back border security. She's rolling back school choice. That's within his capacity. And that's what I would do. Number two, how would you grade your response to COVID? What would your advice? What, how would you advise? What would you advise yourself to change if you could go back? Why did you let Fauci and Burks determine the response to the virus? And why did you not support Dr. Scott Atlas, whom you hired for his expertise, who had a very different and since proven correct perspective. Why did you shut down businesses and churches, destroying them? Was this action constitutional on your part? If so, how do you justify it? If not, why did you do it? Why was Texas and Florida's approach to let people decide for themselves so much better? Aaron, fair question or not? The From stem to stern, this is definitely a fair question because let's just pretend... There's a husband who is just the model husband and dotes upon his wife, surprises and delights his wife every single birthday and anniversary and is just there for her and receptive and a good listener, just the model husband. One one day he comes home from work and beats her to within an inch of her life and then goes back to being the model husband. Did all of that stuff before just not happen? No, it still happened. Do you have major trust issues after that one instance? Yes. So this is that to some degree. You get the analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a fair question from stem to stern. I think the way he would a- answer it is, you know, uh, I would give myself an A plus, A plus for sure. Very difficult d- situation. We had that, that killer virus that came in from China and, uh, you know, we moved very, very quickly to, 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 to let people know what the best things to do were. You know, we had to, we had to take a pause, you know, just to kind of evaluate things. And, and, and Fauci and Burks were never really the ones calling the shots. I, I, ultimately, ultimately, it was me. Trump, Trump had, to, had to call all of the shots. Um, I, I love Dr. Atlas. We listened to Dr. Atlas. I talked to Dr. Atlas many times. He's a good friend of mine. I didn't actually shut down any of the churches or businesses. We left that all up to the states. Uh, many of the Republican governors made the right decisions. Many of the Democrat governors did not. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know about Florida and Texas's decision. You know, Ron DeSantis shut things down harder than anybody. He would say that. He would say that Ron DeSantis shut things down harder than anybody. I never, I was never in favor of that. But those were ultimately those were decisions up to left up to the governors. He would punt on literally everything. You tend to agree with that? Completely. Okay. Then I'll go to you first on how would you prefer he respond? Within his capacity. I think we all know the answer. He never, there's not a chance he would ever say anything different than that. Uh, What begged him along the way is that, listen, like I did with Sweet Cakes and Melissa, but I'm not an ex. I wanted them to go out there and just pay the fines and say, listen, I'm not an expert on marriage. I think we all know that, but I'm expert at business and what we're doing is terrible. I think, listen, uh, 
at the beginning of this thing, uh, I'm not a scientist. Uh, that doesn't mean we put the scientists in uh, control uh, of everything, but we need to learn uh, from them. Uh, and uh, Dr. Fauci was not an honest broker. Uh, once I realized that, that's why I brought in uh, Scott Atlas. I absolutely did listen to him. He had carte blanche to come uh, uh, talk to me. And Scott Atlas, in his book, says something like, like access was not really a huge problem. It was just like what happened after he said what he said. I guess that's the best I could hope he would say, and it's so just far from being adequate. I mean, why I don't... What I would say... What I want him to say is... I'm sorry. Yeah. I failed. And there's no, I'm what he's never going to say anything like that. So knowing that he's never going to say anything like that, right? I mean, if a guy thinks in, in the sight of God, he's not done anything wrong. He's, he's not going to apologize to mere man. Right. So then with that as the worldview plumb line within that worldview, what, is it reasonable to hope that he would say? And maybe it's something along the lines of, I don't apologize at all for the initial lockdown we did. We didn't have a lot of information. We got blindsided by this thing. I couldn't trust a lot of the elements in government uh, to give me accurate information. Many of them, in fact, practiced a coup against me from the minute I got into the White House. So it was just best to essentially, like in a, in, a, in a sporting event, call a timeout, take a deep breath, and see what we're dealing with, okay? From that time forward, the, we, we, we should have fired Fauci. Uh, we didn't because, as I've said before, you know, the blowback and everything would have been insane. But now that I can look back and say I lo- that I'm not in the White House anyway, what would it have cost me to go ahead and fire him? Um, I'm not, you know... It turns out that, you know, I was right about AZ and hydroxychloroquine being an effective treatment for COVID-19. I was right about that. They lied to me about that. They lied to you about that. And now it appears the same people that lied to me about that and lied to you about that also lied to me about um, the safety and efficacy of these vaccines. Okay. At least in terms of what's what's happened with, with ensuing variants. I think those are things he could say without going outside the parameters of his worldview. He's, he's, well, he's showing he's, that's, he, his worldview won't allow him to say that about vaccines. He could about a clock. The best thing he could do is, is, is ultimately not address too many specifics. Other, he could basically throw Fauci to the wolves with evidence, with smoking guns, uh, Steve, you in the past said uh, you could have, uh, regarding Russiagate, you could have, you know, stopped a lot of this nonsense all along by just releasing the file, declassifying mm-hmm. the files yourself. Mm-hmm. Do a version of this. Like, you know a lot of stuff about how Anthony Fauci actually did things. And you've kind of hum and a hum and a hum it with him. No, let, let's, you're the, t- show us just how bad. Fauci was is in a way that only the commander in chief can. Yeah, I, I think that's about the best you could hope for. I, I think, I think another thing is, if that's the best we can hope for. He's going to get annihilated yeah, on this. I, I think you could like probably annihilated. say well, something I like, wrong? I think you could keep it very brief. Just say, hey, um, 
there's no playbook, there's no guide to how to deal with a pandemic on a national level, an international level. We did the the absolute best that we could. I'm proud of our uh, are you know? There's are there things that we could have done differently? Yes, but let's not forget that this came from China, and then we're off. He could do that. I mean, if if that's the best he can do, if I'm running Ron DeSantis 24, I'm just running on COVID the whole time. I'm just gonna because even if you're sympathetic to him, his answers make him appear weak. If that's the best he can do, is what you guys are talking about. You see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. It's it's it's. It, it's when I was on the cruise campaign and we got into that big argument with Rubio about immigration and he tried to gaslight it, gaslight us and make us look like we were actually for amnesty before he was. And I remember on the strategy call and I'm like, guys, we don't care that he's criticizing us. Every time Marco Rubio talks about immigration, he loses. He can't win the issue. He's, he's already lost it. He lost it the minute he got up on that lectern with Lindsey Graham and the gang of it and the gang of eight. So, Let's not change the subject at all because Jeb Bush had given us some uh, um, oppo research on uh, Marco and carbon taxes and stuff like that. And we were debating whether to you know, come at him. With, I said, I wouldn't change the subject at all. Let him keep attacking us. We, we, if you want to get rid of Marco Rubio, you make him talk about immigration. The issue in and of itself is a loser for him, even if his answer is better than ours. He can't win yeah. the issue. That's why if I'm if I'm DeSantis, yes. I hope that this comes up every chance we have. I want to. I, yes. In fact, I just want to talk about this for six months if possible. When Trump says I saved three million people, the people three hundred million, one hundred million, a hundred million. What's the latest number? He's it's a hundred million. Is that what Trump said most yep. recently? Yeah. When he says, I save 100 million people, the people who believe him the most are the ones who hate him the most and are never going to vote for him. Correct. That's why, that's correct. That's why I can't lose. And if he wants to come at me and as I'm, if I'm DeSantis and say, well, you shut down your state, I'm just going to turn to him and say, well, I followed you guys' guidelines. And then when I realized your guidelines were complete and total bullshit, we stopped doing that. And we became the face of resistance against these guys, against Fauciism. Did Trump actually say I saved 100 million? Yes. Yeah. Oh, in God. January with David Brody. Yeah. He said, <laughs> "He saved a hundred million lives worldwide." Yeah. Okay. One of the coolest things we have uh, joined up with since I came here to the Blaze is uh, the ministry over at Preborn, and what they understand is that the pro-life battle is more than just saving the babies. It's, it's also saving the moms. You have to love them both. And so the first thing they do, they confront the mom. It's a confrontation to show her and let her hear the heartbeat of her child inside of her body to know that's another body. That's a separate heartbeat. Over 80% of the time when a woman hears that, they won't follow through on killing their child. But they also know that's not the end of the battle. Uh, it's not easy being a mom in crisis. And so they're there with all kinds of postnatal care as well, including counseling, all of it for free, provided they get funding from people like us. If you want to make a tax-deductible donation, preborn.com slash Steve is where you can go. Again, preborn.com slash Steve. Love them both when you go to preborn.com slash Steve. Number three. Only 11 more to go. (laughs) Will you still farm out the major decisions to Jared Kushner? Why did you not see how poor some of his decisions were, particularly his blocking of input from Scott Atlas? Fair question? Yes. I never, 
I never farmed out any decisions. Now, I love Jared. He's my son-in-law. He's a business genius. That's why I hired him. Only the best people. I never farmed out any of my decisions. I'm the president. I sign off on all of them. Um, blocking input. We never blocked input from Scott Atlas. Scott's a great guy, big friend of mine, Stanford, blah, 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 blah. You know, I, I, you know, I, I, all of the decisions that I made were mine alone, something like that. Yep. You agree with that? Yeah. How would you like him to answer? I'd like him, the best case scenario is like, uh, listen, Jared uh, was a valuable part of my first run, but uh, he and my uh, daughter uh, have decided uh, yep. that this is not yep. going yep. to be yep. a part yep. of yep. I agree with you 100%. Yep. 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 Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I, and, I, and I suspect that is the answer you're going to hear. I, I suspect you're going to hear that, but I, I agree 100% that, you know, um, I mean, I, yeah, I think you nailed it. Yeah. And I think that's, again, I think that is likely what we will hear during this campaign is that number four, your hires were terrible. For example, your first AG could have done so much even without interfering in the Mueller investigation, but he did nothing. Hiring him deprived Alabama of a good senator and gave you a terrible AG. Appointee after appointee was eventually terminated, but not until they had done great damage. What would you do to reverse that record of dismal failure? Is this fair? Yes. See, I think it's a little unfair. Because there are several Trump appointees that were really good. Right? So... um. And I think you have to account for that to some degree. To, uh, this kind of looks to, sounds to me like a blanket. Everybody sucked, and that's not true. Okay, I think it, so. I think it's a little unfair in that regard. But I'll let you guys decide that. I think it's a fair question. For every Russ vote, there were five or six ineffective or bad hires. So I think it's I think it's totally. And he's fair. also the guy who says I only hire all the best people. Yeah. So tough. Okay. How do you suspect he would respond to this? I think he would pivot to his Supreme Court appointments. And that wouldn't be a bad pivot. You know, it's not necessarily the hires, the administrative hires, but I think he would pivot to, you know, I, I'm proud of all of the, you know, we together appointed, um, you know, the three justices that uh, overturned Roe, which is a, a win that uh, many conservatives and pro-lifers have been waiting for for 60 years. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, that alone shows that I only hire the best people, something like that. This is the closest so far I've come to the answer that he would give would come be the answer I would hope he might give. I, I, not entirely, but I think we're getting there. I think he would say uh, that I uh, hired a lot of great uh, people, but uh, the, the system... Uh, hated us uh, from the beginning. I mean, all the it, it was uh, no matter what we did, it, I, I had to be impeached for it, and uh, and this caused uh, the system to just kind of close in mm-hmm. on, on itself, and it paralyzed people. And I know they didn't make all the best decisions, but uh, we were hated and uh, vilified. I I think that's probably what it would be, and there's certainly truth in there Aaron you agree with that I do I do I mean yeah there's not 
there's some pivot points here for him. But directly, this is a common thread I've seen in all of these questions so far. I can never, I can never foresee Donald Trump directly answering the question that was asked on any of these questions so far. I'm mostly with you. I mean, I, I could, I, if I, I, mean, I think maybe it would behoove him beyond the, the Supreme Court justices to mention other appointees who were very good and did good jobs. Um, you mentioned Russ Vogt, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Kaylee McEnany. These are people that clearly served the president well, served the uh, administration well and the interest of his base well. Uh, I think it would... Uh, behoove him to mention some of those names specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'd absolutely, and as you pointed out, Todd, correctly point out just, you know, the Hydra-like manner of the swamp. Yeah. It's corrupting influences. How difficult it, it is um, to uh, to staff an administration of, of the magnitude of the U.S. presidency with without any swamp creatures. But then he could turn around and say, but now... You know, going into your second term, you have more of a knowledge base of such things. You have more of an administrative, administrative organizational um, pool of candidates to select from, as opposed to having to drink from a fire hose and put an administration together on the fly. And so there's more experience where those sorts of things are concerned and, um, and more opportunities to put more people like the ones I just mentioned in, in more positions of power. I think he could navigate the, his way around this one pretty well. Yeah, and I wouldn't art of the deal anymore. I'd just say, I uh, I took them on good faith that they'd want to. They don't want to. Now it's going to be my yeah. way or the highway. Hey, was, you know, I had to learn the hard way that Mitch McConnell's yeah. wife clearly didn't want to, you know, serve the American people. Yeah. Now I know. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. More in a moment. The Steve Day Show. All right, back here on a special evergreen edition of the Steve Day Show, a baker's dozen of questions for President Trump gearing up for a 2024 presidential run. And again, uh, these came from one of our listeners, uh, Rick Emerson. So somebody wants to do the exact same thing for Ron DeSantis, any of the other candidates we don't care about. These are the only two we care about. They're the only two you care about. They're the only two anybody should care about. So um, you guys, want to, somebody wants to submit 13 questions that we think are compelling enough for Ron DeSantis, and we can milk them for an entire Evergreen episode. We've got one more Evergreen slot left to record. You know, we like to have five of these in the hopper in case of an emergency. All right? So we've got one more to do. So if you think that's you... By all means, put pen to paper, email me, steve at stevedace.com. What do you guys think of the questions so far? We've gotten through five of, or four of them, four of the 13. What do you think so far? So if, if you're still here, you haven't tapped out thinking this is unfair to Donald Trump. So I would say for those who are maybe on the fence still, like, why, why are we doing this? This is just a trash Trump fest. That's not what we're trying to do here. I would just say... With any politician, once you have a record, there will be questions. Sure. Some of them will be unfair. Maybe a lot of them unfair. But especially when you were in a position like you were with COVID. And that's just the unfortunate nature of where Donald Trump was. 
circa 2020. Nobody envies being in his shoes during that time, in a leadership position shoes during that time, during those unprecedented times, I might say. Where's the being? Um, so he's Bing. got, but for better or worse, he's got a record now <laughs> and there will be questions. I was formulating a thought, uh, actually. It's, listen, if you're the person that's taking umbrage with this questioning being too harsh, yet you're clapping like a train seal every time Donald Trump says lying Ted or whatever, you know, it's a you problem. Like, do Donald Trump likes to sling the mud as much as anybody else. So this is... This is big boy time. Ask and answer. That's it. Show, show, be, the, the, um, the amount of goodwill Donald Trump would garner by doing better at answering these types of questions, mm -hmm. especially when he's failed in the past, it would, it, it would have been a game changer earlier. I don't know if that can, game can be changed anymore, but he... He needed to get better at this kind of thing earlier, and he was just he either refused or just was bad at it. I don't know. So you've heard me talk about our friends over at Bonner Private Wines, if you'll indulge me for a minute before we continue on. You know, these are the wines grown deep in the Andes Mountains, 9,000 feet of altitude. Those Malbec grapes from families going on their second century of doing this the old-fashioned way, not the new factory way. Well, guess what? The deal gets even better. It's free shipping now. All of it. Shipping, the entire thing is free, which is a big deal when you're talking about imported foreign wines. You also get the wine for over 50% off as well. Four bottles for the price of three because they throw in that exclusive small batch from their personal wine cellar as well. You can't beat it, folks. You can't beat it. Just ask Todd. He's tried them again and again and again and again and again. BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve to get your wine today. B-O-N-N-E-R. No promo code. Just go to BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve today. All right. Question number five. Why did, what did, or what did you do to support the many good people, including grandmothers who have been persecuted unfairly for their participation in supporting you on January 6th? Why didn't you use your influence to stop their abysmal treatment by the corrupt FBI? Fair question or not? Yes. Very fair. Fair. Both of you think it's fair? Yes. Yep. Okay. How would he answer? Would you? Do you suspect? Who wants to go first? This is the one that I've had the most trouble with so far, because it's a very direct question that is almost impossible to pivot from or provide a non-answer. I think he would just probably lie and say, I have done a lot for these people. You know, we raised uh, millions of dollars to support their legal fund. Something like, I think he would just have to lie. Well, he has addressed this relatively recently. We're looking at this uh, very closely. We're considering all options. He said, you know, uh, I mean, he did bring this up and it um, it sounded kind of like the tweet about um, we're going to look at uh, transgenders in the military and, you know, you just have... If past his precedence, this is something he's saying, and it really has no plans uh, of doing anything about. And I, I, I just, I think he, th 
I don't think he still probably really knows many details uh, about these folks. So he couldn't, the, lying could not go get very personal. I mean, the answer he should give would be like uh, when presidents have, uh, he brought, remember, he brought Rush Limbaugh up into the House chamber during the- um, For the Congressional you know, Medal the of Congressional Honor? Medal, uh, the Medal but, of Freedom, you know, one of the Presidents two. always do that to, to bring people in, but they bring in a lot of quote unquote regular people, tell mm -hmm. their stories. The answer should be, naming names this is this person's story because that it, he'd taken some time i don't do do we really think he really knows much about this these no. people on an individual level there's a part of me that thinks this question is unfair and 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 not because maybe how about maybe not unfair but is unfairly difficult because He, you could make a very strong argument, and it would probably be, be probably be very accurate, guys. That if if Donald Trump went to the mattresses for these folks, like this question implies, he should do and should have done. It would make matters for them even worse. That, I'm not sure how much worse things could be for them. Well. Whatever the odds are of an adjudication, whatever the odds are of eventually getting to confront, be confronted by, to confront your accusers, to levy a defense, um, his insertion into this process, I'm, I'm not, sh I'm, I don't know that it would help them all that much, because it could also be seen by the by by the various courts. It as rocket fuel for them to do to these people on an even more harassment level and a more systemic level than they already are. Like, oh, so here's here's the here's here's the coup architect sticking up for the coup plotters, sticking up for um, his uh, his insurgent troops uh, and their their armed insurrection against America. Um, they're doing all that stuff anyways. They just arrested three more Marines. Well, at the time we're taping this, they just arrested three more Marines. They just found them. And the, the tape that they're showing, they, they, and the evidence that they have, they, they're showing them walk in, and they put a MAGA hat somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's what the, they arrested them. So you're not moved by my point at all? No, no I just don't know how it could be worse. And hey, here's where it and it's is, okay if you're not. Hey, I think I, it's within his capacity. I tried. If, for those of you that think that this is this is being too tough on Trump, I tried to make uh, a, you know um, a culpability argument there, and Todd over here immediately shut it it's down. It's just within it's within <laughs> his capacity to to know who these people are, and to t to talk about them, so, and to say you know hate me all you want. These are American. They, they did it. Lay out this. This is what they are being held indefinitely for, and lay out the details of it. Look at how Julie Kelly. God bless that woman. She can only do so much. What's na Julie Kelly's name ID out there? Donald Trump has considerably more. He can talk about these people. This is like the question is because we don't have real newspapers, and mm -hmm. nobody honestly really knows still what happened 
who these people are, what they're being accused of relative to what they actually did. Donald Trump could at least shed some light on that. Those are good points. And the more I think about it, I think I think my disclaimer probably applied more in the first six to nine months of the aftermath of this. Sure. Um, I agree with that. And, but now that we are, yeah. at the time we're recording this, we're two years, yeah. we're, we're more than two years past this. Um, these violations of basic habeas corpus and American uh, jurisprudence precedent um, show no signs of slowing down on any level whatsoever. At this point, how could his insertion make things worse for them? Um, it could definitely make things worse for him politically. I mean, this this issue politically to the broader public is radioactive. I mean, it's it's more radioactive than the jabs are I, right now. Oh, no question. No question it is. Um, because at least, at least, well, the jabs, yeah, I agree with you that um, there is still a pivot available where the jabs are concerned, where Trump's audience um, and base would be forgiving if he took the pivot point, right? Okay. There is no pivot point here um, because all you're going to do is further alienate a, a, a group of voters that you need that are just incensed by the whole January 6th narrative. Well, and it's, it, there's, it, there's no win here politically for Trump. So in this case, you would be asking him to, to take a position for an altruistic reason. And I think anybody who's not on Trump's payroll would, would be forced to admit if they're any, if they're remotely honest, uh, that altruism is not one of Donald Trump's strengths traditionally. Well, it's altruistic about tenets that are fundamental to the foundations of this country. And he can, there's all kinds of, listen, we got to get, yes, this is tough politically, even for people to vote on them. But listen, you, this, this, this pandemic was so terrible and so scary that you had a lockdown and you had a mask up and you had a triple jab until the right social uh, justice lesson came along and then everybody got a pass to go down and burn American cities and then you got to do that and no and uh, whatever arrests were made they were instantly let out of jail to do again but we're not allowed to talk about what we have all kinds of pictures of of people in there peacefully and we have more and more videotape just now coming out on this which i think would benefit him even more at some point the truth is just the truth let the lion out of its cage this is i i don't care i really don't care how scary this issue is to him politically or anybody else uh, th- that thing is a psyop January 6th through and through. It's why you recently, uh, at the time of this taping, just days ago, I mentioned that I think unless something changes, there's going to be more people arrested between now and the next election than that there were up until this one because they... Look at what they're getting away with. Mm-hmm. Why would they not keep d- going with this bugaboo? What do you think of the argument of, of just telling Trump, don't touch it, it's radioactive, you can't win on the issue at all, just get elected, 
And then once you're in office, you don't have to run for re-election again. You have to face the voters again. So on your first day in office, just either pardon and or commute the sentences of everybody that is detained as a nonviolent offender with January 6th. What's wrong with that strategy? I Sadly, it might be the best he could do. And if he would really do it and through channels provide some level of hope to the people inside, I'm not going to shoot it down. Okay. Number six, the FBI is totally corrupt. What will you do to purge the infidels? Why didn't you do, why didn't you do it um, your first term? Why did you hire deep state agents like Bill Barr to run things? What will you do about the rest of the deep state? And remember Christopher Ray, who has fully weaponized the FBI as a partisan entity, was a Donald Trump appointee as well. Recommended by Chris Christie, of course. Aaron, fair question? Another fair question, I believe. And um, I don't really know... Why didn't you do it, uh, you know, whatever you proposed your first term? That's the key part. So if you're going to do this now, why didn't you do that in your first term? That, that's the most fair question in there. Um, I think Donald Trump would answer something like, I uh, completely ag- agree it is totally corrupt. But, uh, you know, when you look at the corruption, it doesn't just stop in the FBI. There are players in the Senate who would never vote for anybody that I would suggest you want to look at the corruption and start in the Senate with some of these Republican senators who didn't want to hire anybody other than a deep state. I would pivot there if I were Trump, and I think he mm-hmm. probably would. And that's, hey, that's not that's not actually a bad answer either. I, I agree with you. I don't think it's a bad answer, and I think there's a lot of truth within it as well. Your thoughts, Todd? He would talk about, oh, don't I know it? And he would talk about Mar-a-Lago, and look what they did to me in Mar-a-Lago. And Mar-a-Lago this and Mar-a-Lago that. And then now he would, and then he would compare that to, and then Joe Biden, look at, he's got a garage full of stuff and Hunter Biden and all this. And again, this is actually a pretty good answer. It would be all very specific to him and uh, the attention he got versus what uh, Biden gets. But then it would be full stop. And there would be no solutions because I don't think he has any idea what he would do. How would you like him to respond then? I'd like to say that I am going to uh, end uh, the FBI uh, and perhaps uh, other aspects of our intelligence agency, if not fully ended, utterly reformed. And I would name specifically who I have in mind to do that. I would like him to respond by saying I'm... 70 some odd years old i don't have much time left in this er world i don't care if the deep deep state sends goons after me with god as my witness my last act on this earth is blowing up the fbi and the cia i like that answer a lot i'm pushing 80 i don't have to run for re-election again these people basically cooed me out of office i'm coming in hot Coming in hot, and I look forward to um, pulling Jim Acosta's pants down in the White House press briefing when he uh, when his panties get in a wad, watching me do it. I like that answer a lot. Yeah, I think that's an answer he could give too. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that answer a lot, and I think he could give that answer, and with credibility. 
All right, we'll come back with uh, one more hour to go. We're halfway through the list of a baker's dozen difficult, should have maybe added that, questions for Donald Trump 2024. Stay tuned. with hour two not live on demand not really in demand probably especially after this program with a special evergreen edition of the steve dace show where we have this very odd marketing technique of trying to offend the people most likely to listen to us and addressing the topics that most other people in this industry don't want to touch because it would offend the people most likely to listen to them. Our marketing strategy is <laughs> F you and thanks for listening. <laughs> That's not, probably not too far from the truth, actually. Uh, so we continue on with hour two here of this special evergreen edition. 13 Baker's Dozen questions from one of our listeners, Rick Amerson, that he has for President Trump as he gears up for his presidential run. We will do an evergreen like this for Governor DeSantis as well. If you've got 13 difficult to snotty, uh, but uh, fair uh, and worthwhile questions for him, we'll do that evergreen. We've got one more evergreen slot we have to fill this year. I'll leave it open to see if we get that submission because I think that would make for a compelling show too. And why won't we do this for Mike Pence and all the other guys? Cause they don't matter. Nikki Haley, no one cares, nor should they. The only two people that are, that have any chance of being the nominee of this party in this primary that are morally worth your vote are in my view are Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. That's why they're the only two that we would do this for. So we'll continue with part two of these difficult questions for the president in a moment. In the meantime, remember to like, rate, subscribe, five-star review, share. Uh, look for us uh, at, at Steve Dace on Facebook, on MeWe, on Gab, and Getter. Um, at Steve Dace Show on Twitter. Actually, at Steve Dace Show on Getter, too. TikTok and Instagram. And then look for me at Real Steve Dace on Truth Social, where you're going to have to look hard. Because I'm confident I am one of the very few people in America shadow banned at both Truth Social and Facebook, and I cannot tell you how proud of that I happen to be. If you are a podcast listener, thank you. Please leave us a five-star review. If you like us, maybe you don't like us, then don't, you know, but maybe don't say anything. Just keep that to yourself. And then hit subscribe or follow as well, and thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already. All right, we'll get back to that in a minute. But first, a word from our friends over at My Patriot Supply, because anyone who thinks they're not going to need emergency food at some point probably isn't paying attention. We've needed emergency medicines, emergency toilet paper, folks. All right, we needed emergency toilet paper. It wasn't too long ago we went into a store and we, we thanked the maker like C-3PO if there was toilet paper in there, all right? So right now, 2,000 plus calories a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, even drinks and snacks. With the three-month emergency food kit at My Patriot Supply, they'll also give you $200 savings off of each kit. You can't beat it. $200 savings off of each kit plus free shipping 
when you go to mypatriotsupply.com. These stay good for up to 20 years with proper storage, free shipping, $200 off of each kit when you go to mypatriotsupply.com. As we continue on with uh, the second half of our questions, gentlemen, what has stood out to you so far? Is it a particular question? Is it a particular angle? Aaron, I'll start with you. So I think kind of reiterating what I said last segment is if you are a Trump fan and you're still with us, well, you're congratulations. I mean, this has not been a fun conversation, but you are you're an adult. So thank you. And I'm not trying to say that to be patronizing. Please don't take it that way. It's just a lot of times when we do these shows or shows or segments where we are critical of Donald Trump in one way or another. There's a lot of hurt feelings, so thank you for hanging with us. Secondly, it's not just Donald Trump, okay? Let's pretend Ted Cruz had won in 2016. He would have a record. I dare say COVID probably still would have been released from a lab as a bio- uh COVID probably still would have happened. He would have a record on that as well. And we would have some tough questions on that as well. I dare say Ted Cruz probably would have been more aware of the deep state and, and, its, and what it could do. I think he would, have, um, he would have faced some of the same challenges. Maybe not quite as severe. He would have had a record. That, all this is to say... Once you go from having no political record to having one, especially in the nation's highest office, there's always going to be questions and tough questions, especially if you had the unfortunate chance of presiding over an unprecedented event like COVID. So don't take it personally, if, if at all possible. Don't take this personally. It is Donald Trump with the record. It's not you. We still got, what, Roe v. Wade and a lot of other really good things out of Donald Trump. Nobody here is debating that. This is, though, a necessary, a necessary exercise for somebody who's uh, running for re-election. You have to face the tough questions and know how to plausibly put forth a case for your re-election. You actually just prompted me. I was sitting here thinking, as I was listening to the end of your answer, what... How do I think, as someone that worked for Ted Cruz for almost a year, how do I think a President Cruz would have handled this period of time? Should we do that exercise for just a brief moment? Do you yeah. mind? Okay. Okay. I, I definitely think Ted would have done 15 days to flatten the curve, whether yep. it would have been called that or something like that, but there would have been, I definitely think he would have done that. I'm unclear if he would have done the extension of the 30 days to slow the spread. I'm, I'm inclined to think that at that point in time, particularly when the, the data models from the IHME were showing to not come to fruition and states were beginning to consider reopening and like Texas and Iowa and Florida as soon as April and Georgia, I'm inclined to think that he would not have done 30 days to slow the spread. Maybe some kind of quasi tepid, um, something should open. Um, you know, let's be prudent here. 
and take baby steps kind of a thing. I, but I mean, I don't think he would have done a 30 days to slow the spread straight up lockdown extension in full. Do I think he would have gone full Steve Dace? No. Do I think he probably would have gone somewhere like where Greg Abbott was at that point in time? Probably. Fair or foul so far? Fair. I, I think the Ted Cruz that we have seen since 2016 is not the Ted Cruz that we would have seen uh, had he been elected in 2016, meaning that Ted Cruz would have been sitting in a position of power where we, where hmm. he has the bully pulpit. Yeah. He controls the narrative. He does all of this. So I agree he would have done the 15 days to slow the spread or whatever it was. Um, I think it would have been totally different. I think the Ted Cruz that we've seen recognizes I'm just one of one of a hundred senators. There's another angle here, and this is going to sound exceedingly self-serving, but there's an elephant in the room, so let's address it. You have you also have the question of whether I am working in a Ted Cruz administration uh, or not. Uh, you just took away my answer. Did I? Okay. So, am I saying the things that uh, that I said during that period of time on a on a podcast for Blaze TV? Or am I saying them inside the West Wing? Nope. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have been working for him in 2020. You don't Jeff, think so? Jeff Rowe would have gotten too tired of you. <laughs> I'm serious. I should say that to Jeff sometime. He'd get a kick out of that. It might even be true. I don't, I don't know. Um, I definitely think he would have done Operation Warp Speed. For sure. I mean, that's as Republican as it gets under the old rules, right? Unleash the private sector for a for a for a social a, a, a social issue solution i mean that that's just peak republican and and remember we were just beginning to undergo that paradigm shift about big tech and all that stuff during this period of time so i definitely think ted would have done operation warp speed without question i don't even that i have i have, I have far more doubt in my mind about whether there would have been 30 days to slow the spread or not than if there would have been operation warp speed under president cruz I 100% think so. I'm with you. Also, though, knowing the Ted that I know, the idea of Anthony Fauci running a sidebar presidency, oh, no. That wasn't going to happen. Um, the the idea of Fauci essentially being permitted to hold court as kind of a, you know, Vichy France on his own, you know, um, his own Avignon papacy with an analogy that, that you'll like there, Todd, the Ted Cruz I know, that ain't. That's the part about the whole thing. Where where was Trump's prodigious ego when we really needed it? I can promise you. The idea that Fauci would be over your hold in court in place of the office of the presidency, no way. No way. Um, that, no. <laughs> that was not going to happen. Now, would he fire him? What would it look like? Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, but the idea of offering the country an alternative face that gets like a sidebar presidency to co-opt your agenda. I don't know whether Jeff Rowe and I could have worked together in the West Wing. I do know that Jeff Rowe wasn't going to work together with that. Okay. And neither was his boss, Teddy. That was, Ted was not, no way, no way, no how would that occur. Not happening. What it would look like, would it look like a canning, a firing? Would it look like, you know, you report to us, do your job? I, I don't know what the alternative to that necessarily would be, you know, but just having working directly with him for nearly a year at the highest levels of his campaign, there's just no way Anthony Fauci would be permitted to use Ted Cruz as a conduit 
to have a sidebar presidency. No way, no how. That I'm very confident. Any other questions about this that we should address? I think the crucial part about this is because of your connection and assuming you connected the dots in the same way as uh, early as you did, the crucial aspect about this, and it relates to what you just said about Fauci and even Warp Speed, because I think Warp Speed would have started under him like that, but it would have been vetted much differently. And it all relates to the access that the uh, Atlas, uh, Bhaktacharya, mm-hmm. um, the other, all the guys mm-hmm. that we found very quickly from Stanford, the Ryan Coles of the world, Peter McCullough, they would have been there I can instantly. completely concur. And that th- yes. could have changed. And that I agree as well. A hundred different things. This is where, this is, this is where, and you know, it, it, politics like a lot of things in life are matchups right like couples you know you may they may look like they go together but they don't complement each other well then you look at a couple you're like they don't look like a matchup at all you're just looking at them but when you're around them they complement each other things matchups are about a lot of things in life you know and and sporting events a team may be a vastly superior team overall, but there's a it's just a bad matchup in this particular case. Over the course of an entire season, they're the better team. But in this case, head-to-head, it's a bad matchup, right? There's plenty about Ted's Ivy League background that, that makes Donald Trump a better matchup for aspects of this system. I, I completely agree with that. I saw it firsthand, which is one of the reasons we lost to him, mm-hmm. all right? So I, I completely agree that some of Ted's Ivy League background makes Trump a better matchup against aspects of this system that we need to confront and take down. I completely agree. And I, I lost that point the hard way. Cost me a job. Saw it firsthand. Okay. In this case, I think it would work to our favor. Because I can promise you, again, the guy I know, I bring him scientists from Yale and yeah. Stanford and Oxford who are calling bullshit on this thing. That's going to get his attention, all right? I can't bring him the Steve Dace blog from Breitbart.com. That ain't going to do it, all right? But I, I hand him people with real academic credentials that from real institutions yeah. that, that have... that Because he was the, he was the student Jay Bhattacharya at Harvard, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. He was the student version of these guys. They're his peer group. They're the group he... He, he has rolled with guys like this... More than just more than your average, you know, hourly worker in America. He has spent more times, and that's one of the reasons why he had trouble relating to those people over Trump. But in this case, it would have benefited us for him to see academics with his profile and his and that he respects in his peer group pushing back on this. He would have, I think, absolutely responded affirmatively to that. And I think in that case. That's where the matchup worked against us. Most There's a lot of times that we needed more of Trump's piss and vinegar. But in this case, I think we actually needed more of Ted's academic polish to speak very fluent Scott Atlas and John I- Ioannidis and, um, you know, uh, Harvey Rishes, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Anything else before we move on? Nope. That was a nice little what if mini episode it, it, there. It was. It was. It was. And I just thought, and, and forgive me, we'll, we'll get, Rick, we'll get through your questions, but I, I just thought with that with that dangling participle out there, since you brought it up, we should explore at least for a few minutes, and I think I'd kind of look gutless if I didn't do it, sure. you know? Plus, I was kind of, I wasn't even sure what my own answers were going to be. I, I was actually answering these questions in real time as we were going through them. I did not have a prepared text here, so it was a pop quiz, basically. Mm-hmm. All right, let's continue with these questions. Um, number seven. 
Democrats have been extremely successful running against you even when you're not on the ballot. For example, Gavin Newsom was losing his recall vote in the polls, declining daily until he stopped running on his record and started running against you. It completely turned around the recall and he won in a landslide. The same thing happened in the 2022 elections. The Democrats who ran against you cruised to election. How will you change to stop this? Fair question or not? This is the first one I think is pretty much completely unfair. I agree with you. Yeah. I do too. But explain, each of you guys explain why you think. One, let's start with California. Bro, that's California. Okay. Yeah, I was not aware of any polls actually that showed, any serious polls that showed Newsom behind. Maybe that is true. We'd have to ask our buddy Constantinos, who I think is still out there, uh, whether or not that is, that's actually true. Um, so I, that's California. Okay. Um, as far as the 2022 elections, um, as I'm aware, I, I think that's more to do with the baby killing issue than anything. That's actually a win for you. That's a win for you because you appointed the justices. And then thirdly, I would say just in general, it's not my fault that the mainstream media and that these politicians want to run on a caricature of me that's not actually accurate. Now, it is my fault that I make it easier for them to do that, but that's not – so I don't think this is fair on, on three different levels. I just I think there's a premise in there to be had, but when your example is so out of phase, yeah, and there's such an obviously better one, like this is all about uh, Doctor Oz and letting the vegetable win in Pennsylvania. If you if that was their start to this question, talk to me. But the, the California thing, I'm with Aaron. This is it's just an irrelevancy. Yeah, and if I were him, I would just point to hey, the governor that I'm running against for president that a lot of you like. Um, I'm the reason he's the governor that a lot of you like. He had no chance to win without me. You know, you know, you know why you guys like Senator J.D. Vance in Ohio? Because of me. I mean, I, I would just go through the people that I was personally responsible for either endorsing, supporting, finding, inspiring. And I would just, you know, if it, and that would be about as Trump of an answer as you would get just laying out your trophies, right? Okay. So uh, I think we're all three to some degree in agreement on that one. Number eight. How will your childish name-calling help your campaign? Do you think it hurts Ron DeSantis when you call him names and don't address his record, or does it just make you look petty and small? Fair question or not? I, I'm, I'm unfair mm. yeah. on this one as well. I, all the people who love the, the so-called childish name-calling are going to keep loving it. All the people that it pisses off Agreed. that are still going to vote for Trump, it's not going to change. They, Trump, is, Trump is Trump. At, by this point, everybody knows this. Also, now I'm starting. What's our letter, our question creator's name? Again? Rick. 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 Yeah. So far, uh, for the most part, totally fair, a very aggressive, very unapologetic. Now, this one is now you've suddenly got a tone question here. Again, this is the. You might you can take specific examples. We we we've done it on the show when it's just dumb and it's poorly applied. I just mentioned it before about, you know, lying Ted uh, was, uh, you know, uh, brutal and largely dishonest. But listen, the, 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 other, the other side is constantly vicious, constantly lying. You don't want your entire game to be this. And unfortunately, if this was your point way too often, Donald Trump makes this his game. And much to my frustration... He largely did in the first debate against Joe Biden, and we all just got dumber by having been there. But you have got to have this weaponry 
in your arsenal. It, it can be done. Sometimes it can be uh, a bit more uh, nasty. Nasty. Sometimes it can be with more of a laugh track. But you have got to show that you are willing to pull out their jugular and show it to everybody and say, "See, do we really want to play this game?" And Donald it, Donald Trump ha- has been. Whether by accident or not, I mean, it's just kind of it. This is, he's just the weather. He was so effective at it that he blew up the system in many respects and kept everybody off balance for quite some time. And had he had enough self-awareness to know how to apply that more tactically, perhaps he wouldn't have taken all the L's he ultimately Took. There's there's a time for calling a spade a spade, and it's quite often these days. And he should be calling many people, like the, the people carving up children, lots of names, the worst possible names. Totally agree with that. I mean, my, my position on the name calling is it depends on whether I think the person is deserving of the name calling or not. Exactly. Yeah. If I do, yeah. then I love the fact that he does. Yeah. And if I don't, then I don't. Yes. And But but that's my subjective opinion. As a general rule, I... I would I would much rather have him err on the side of annoying me with Ron de Sanctimonious and then stifling that instinct altogether. Um, it's not very Christian in name call. Actually, the Bible has a long and distinguished record of name calling um, all the way through it. Stiff-necked, whitewashed tombs, broods of vipers, yes. whores, harlots. I mean, there's a long distinguished uh, list of name calls that are as brutally honest and as brutally effective as you could imagine in the greatest selling book of all time. So uh, I'm totally fine with it, uh, provided it I, I find it to be effective at that particular moment. But again, that's my subjective opinion as a general rule. I would rather in this, this is one area where I know I, this is one area where I would rather Donald Trump spray buckshot than attempt to try to limit yeah. his fire. Okay. Um, there's not a, more people need to be called names in this society as far as I am concerned, you know? So I'll take an occasional desanctimonious that annoys the hell out of me every now and then uh, in exchange for the other 19 times that he name called somebody and they absolutely deserved that or worse. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, before we continue on, you remember that thing like a few years ago when there was like a deadly pandemic, which they started, uh, and then they told you uh, you can't have these uh, venerable medications that might actually provide quality early treatment and save your life because, I mean, after all, we we, we need to risk killing you so we can get our experimental uh, jab therapy on the market. Remember that? Yeah. If they did it once and didn't get punished for it, think they might do it again? Because I kind of do. That's why I think you should go to our friends at Jace Medical right now. J as in jump at this. J-A-S-E. J-A-S-E. JaceMedical.com. Get the Jace case of venerable antibiotics like amoxicillin, doxycycline, and more. So that you've got peace of mind of knowing the next time they try to kill you, you'll be ready this time. Get the Jace case and, use the ent- and enter the code DACE at checkout. DACE at checkout for a discount on your order. Promo code DACE at jacemedical.com. Promo code DACE at jacemedical.com. All right, number nine. The Democrats played you like a fiddle and you didn't anticipate any of their actions, even when predictable. For example, you were blindsided by the illegal raid at Mar-a-Lago. If you can't stop this nonsense, you didn't stop the FBI illegal surveillance for the first three years of your presidency. How can we expect you to do so in a second term? What will you do differently that you haven't demonstrated yet? Fair question, Todd. Uh, not 
not particularly. We kind of seem to be now just kind of re-racking the same old hits. I, I think we've covered this ground. Uh, you know, bl was he blindsided by the raid at Merrill? I, I hope so. I mean, it, everybody was blindsided by the the raid at uh, Mar-a-Lago uh, to some degree. Everybody now, was talking. Moving forward, yeah. moving forward, should yeah. presidents be blindsided no, by this no, any longer? But then, but I, yeah. Everybody, and in fact, even the, it was talking about how unprecedented yeah. uh, this was. Even, I mean, the, le the, the left was talking about how unprecedented it was in a way of making him say, seem uniquely evil. But I don't, um, and the Democrats uh, took a lot of L's because of Donald Trump uh, as well, which is why uh, we had to have a COVID in the timing uh, that we did. So I, I, I think we've covered some of this. And also this is making it seem like Donald Trump pre-COVID was a total loser and quite the opposite is true. I mean, he had the Democrats off balance for quite some time. Agree. Aaron? So I think the first part of this is unfair. The second part is fair. Democrats played you like a fiddle. He didn't get played. It was just an opposition government within his own government that was that declared war on his government. I like the way you put that, an opposition government within his own government. Yeah, that, yeah. that just declared war. You won some, you lost some. I think you probably lost a little bit more than you won. Now, the second part is fair. If you can't stop this nonsense the first time, how can you expect to do that the second time? I think the answer here from Trump would be something like, you know, um, we learned a lot of lessons the first time around or something like that. Maybe not that, um, I, I, maybe not quite like that, but something to the effect of that. And I would say, we know everyone has outed themselves. It took us four years, six years, everyone has outed themselves. We now know where we need to go. I can't tell you yet, but you will see action. Something like that. That's good. And, and I, might take, I might take what you just said and just boil it down to this, okay? It took us four years to expose fully the deep state to the American people. And for these next four years, I am coming back to punish these people with a vengeance now that they're exposed and out in the open. Something mm -hmm. along those lines. Yeah. Just you can change the language from punish to something else or hold accountable or drain or, you know, whatever you want to say, but something that basically says, you know, uh, at my expense, we exposed them the first four years I was there. And now that it's out in the open, I'm coming for them. Something along those lines. I think you could easily do that. Okay. Next question 10. How will you prosecute corruption that you failed to prosecute your first term? Locker up was the mantra at every campaign rally, yet you didn't even investigate any of the corrupt organizations and associated people, much less her. Fair question or not, Aaron? I think that's, I think that's a fair question. And I'm, I think he would probably answer it something like, first of all, you know, we have to appoint a, an FBI director or CIA uh, director that is in lockstep with what we believe is actually being done uh, to the American people via those deep state, you know, something like that. Um, I'm not, otherwise I'm not really quite sure, or an attorney general, we have to, we have to appoint a solid attorney general, something like that, that will actually get to the bottom of all of these issues. I think it would be 
kind of deflectionary towards the Senate, but I, I think it would be along those lines. It's a fair question. I think you would say that's fake news. I uh, exposed them and uh, came after them so much. They were so threatened by me that they impeached me twice. That's the consequences of going against the deep state. Uh, they made up terrible lies. Uh, the media was totally uh, against me. And again, this is largely true. I think, um, uh, except for the part about, I mean, he he went after, he didn't go after them in the way of real consequences. He, he went after them in the theater and they resented that. That was no small thing. They absolutely resented that, and they took him out because of it. But and and slowly they came to realize that even though they resented the theater, it was just theater, and they were the only ones who were going to be enacting consequences. And Donald Trump never really planned to. Um. The, so the right the answer I expect is is uh, going back to the last question where Steve's talking about. Um, I'm going to unleash hell. Yeah, can you, know, you give like, the same uh, answer again, basically? Same answer again, but like this, I'm, I'm, um, as God is my witness, I'm going to bring, you know, God's own thunder with me. And, you know, there are people who will go to jail for what they did. And he can elaborate more on this too. He can say, because this one I agree is fair. This version Mm -hmm. of the, of the question, it's kind of the same as the last question, but I think it's a fair version of it. Um, he could elaborate and say, and, and because of what was exposed in my first term, we have more people like uh, senators, J- senator like J.D. Vance, more members of Congress, okay, and he can name names of people that are more open. We we have this is how you got your committee, okay, your church like committee after the 2022 midterms. I'm one of the reasons why you got that because of what they did to me in my administration. I mean, he can he can elaborate that there is now more of a mood within the Republican Party because of what happened to him to truly confront and go after these elements than there was the first time he was there. Whether that's true or not, who knows find out when they get power but that that's not an unreasonable case to make you're not gaslighting people by saying that by suggesting it Mm -hmm. may not turn out to be true but it's it's not you know a lie either right we'll come back three more questions to go and then a final verdict next the steve day show Back here to wrap up the special evergreen edition of the Steve Day Show. I want to thank Rick Emerson for these questions, brother. You did something I don't think any listener's ever done in the history of this show. You provided the complete reason we did a program. I mean, you were you provided the rationale for it. So thank you for programming the show for us today. And one more time, I want to reiterate, if anybody out there wants us to do something along these lines, a baker's dozen of challenging questions for Ron DeSantis, we are happy to do it. And that's why I have left the uh, final evergreen slot that we have to contractually fill this year. Um, I've left it open to that end in the hopes that uh, maybe someone will come through with those questions and that'll be a worthwhile show as well. If you've got questions for the other potential GOP candidates, save those for yourself because we don't care because nobody else does. The only two that matter are Trump and DeSantis. Nobody else does. Three questions left. Ready? Yeah, let's go. Before we get back to the rest of the conversation, though, I know the I know you'd love to see us even better. So if you are unhappy with your progressive lenses, 
Um, make sure uh, you try our friends out at Better Spectacles. They're a company that shares your values. They also now use Rodenstock glasses. If you're wondering what those are, that's what I wear today and every day on the show. It is considered one of the leaders, if not the leader, uh, in optometry around the world, available for the first time in, with mass distribution via Better Spectacles right here in the United States. 98% of those who use Rodenstock eyewear, absolutely recommend them, including me. So go to betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Schedule a teleoptical appointment today. Won't even have to leave your home. Uh, and uh, don't settle when it comes to your eyesight. All right. 61% off their progressive eyewear plus free handcrafted Rodenstock frames. Can't beat it at betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Once again, that's betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Okay. Number 10, how will you prosecute, oh, I'm sorry, number 11, you promised to repeal Obamacare, but your acerbic personality caused senators to vote against repeal just to spite you. How have you changed your acidic tongue since your first term to win the votes you need for key priorities? How can you win Democrats support for any of your agenda? This is the, totally least, this is the least fair question. It's just more far. tone stuff. It's not, Substance. it's just that there's, yeah. there's no, often way too little substantive follow through after the tone, but I, I will, I, you should have known better than bringing tone questions to us. It's not the tone. In an era where Tony Dungy, they're, they're trying to cancel Tony Dungy. Yeah. I'm, first of all, yeah. you guys, you guys know I'm not all that sympathetic to the tone argument no, as a general rule. No. Uh, anyway, given my personality. Yeah. Okay. Um, but um, in particular, in an era where we are trying to cancel one of the nicest human beings on planet earth yeah. and Tony Dungy. All right. I think let's put to bed once and for all the tone argument here. Here's okay. here's how you could have asked this question a little bit differently, and I think maybe gotten this. What will you do for quizzling Republican le- uh, legislators who want to, to not use, give them an easy out? Basically, give them an easy out for yeah. any legislation you want yeah. to pass. That's a good way to put it. I mean, let's toy with that one for a second. Then, okay, how would we like him to answer that? But the, you know what. I'm doing rallies. I would. Okay, I'm doing rallies in every state. Every state where somebody puts up some false objection to repealing Obamacare, to doing X, Y, and Z, yeah. we're rallying. I like I'm the that. president of the yeah. damn United States. I like. We're that. holding an anti uh, state, uh, anti legislator rally in that state until they feel the pressure and the voice of the people. Blah 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 blah. Something like that. In other yeah. words, let's see some of that prodigious Donald Trump yeah. ego. Yeah, I like that. You like that too? Yeah. Number 12, did your sending trillions of dollars in free money to everyone in the country have any impact on inflation? How will you stop inflation now? Is the Federal Reserve doing a good job? Oh. Fair question? Because I I think it's absolutely a fair question. I think it's partially unfair because it doesn't it, it doesn't truly take into account the congress we just got done uh talking about and its predilections okay how about if we how about if we worded it this way you're sending trillions of dollars in free money to everyone in the country set the stage for what came later with biden and inflation how about if it was framed that way uh because that's at least true. We, that, that, that's absolutely at least I mean, true. We've and already think, established, I thought, that Donald, I mean, Do, 
here's the reason they had to steal the election in 2020 is because they knew, I think they had a confidence that, yeah, despite all of this inflationary uh, spending uh, that was done with the consent of Trump and the Republicans, Trump wouldn't have handcuffed the response and the build back. He wouldn't have done that. That's why we had to cancel him. That's why we had to basically steal the election from him. I, th- I, thought, I mean, I think that's been established already that Donald Trump was the progenitor of, uh, of, of the inflation that we're seeing now. Yeah. Now, if he was reelected, would he have continued, as you said? Nope. With, no, of course yeah. not. So we would not see. And maybe that's his answer. Right. Is that the answer that yeah, he gives? Yeah. His yeah. answer is and. It's what I would want him to say, I hope, is that this is, listen, up until COVID, I, I'm the, I turned this economy around. This economy was doing uh, uh, fantastic in uh, several uh, sectors, did our best under uh, terrible circumstances uh, to provide some temporary help and hope. Uh, I'm sorry that uh, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not responsible for them taking temporary fixes and making them about the rest of your life. You could turn that in them into this is the identity of them. They want perpetual, you know, they want a perpetual welfare state uh, when I was trying to trying to provide appropriate levels of charity in very hard times. So and then this gives him a, another jump, a jumping off point for China as well. Do the whole we're going to make Mexico pay for the wall. We're going to make China pay for our rebuild since they did this to us, even though that's not completely true. But I think that's how he would respond. Some some degree of that. I So I acted in an emergency. Yeah. And they uh, they made this permanent with their profligate spending yeah. and Democrat irresponsibility. Yeah. So this is we're basically saying. This might be the easiest question for him to answer of the difficult, fair questions. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Okay. All right. Final one. Biden has allowed millions of people into the country illegally, bringing terrorists and drugs as well as human trafficking. You failed to stop this with your wall. What will you do to undo the damage he has done? Not just stop the flow, but reverse it. Fair question. Yeah. We did have border surges, remember, under Trump. They weren't nearly what we saw at the time. They were unprecedented, right? Okay. At the time they were unprecedented, but they're not nothing. They're nothing compared to what we have seen here in the last couple of years. But do you think the question is fair, Todd? Uh, mostly you, you, you failed to, (laughs) you failed to stop them with your wall in kind of, it not only indicts him, but it basically indicts, Everybody, that alone. I mean, really, at this point, we've learned right now they had shipping containers in Arizona that were at least a temporary salve of sorts to the issue there. And as soon as they stole the election and put uh, Katie Hobbs in there, she, she like day one, she just started removing them. Like I, at the, at this point, the brazenness of the left is I like had Trump built the best wall ever. Like, would it still be standing right now? So I don't, I don't, I, hmm. I'm just questioning, like, is, is this, is this even, is this question acknowledging just the reality we're under? What, what can any, and this is a hard te- lesson, what can any Republican president do now with any assurity of permanence five years after he's gone, if, 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 if his successor isn't a Republican? I, that is an excellent question, brother. 
That's an excellent question. I don't really. Does anybody, like, whatever the best wall is, would it still even be standing right now? Or would they, like, it, would their, their whole movement is a religion now. Wouldn't it, as sacrament, they go down there with the, the press and tear it? They'd turn it into Berlin, wouldn't they? Yeah. I, I mean, I, tear down the wall. That is an excellent question. I mean, I, you're, you're uh, I mean, I, I hate the question. I mean, I hate it. I detest it. I despise it because we're we're essentially saying that your way of life is up yeah. for grabs completely every single election yeah. cycle. And you know how much I freaking hate that crap. But yeah. I may hate it. That doesn't mean it's untrue given the current state of things. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I hate your question. I hate you for asking it. You're welcome. But it's a good question. I think it's a fair question. And I think you would respond by saying uh, Democrats through the kitchen sink every single step of the way even some republicans didn't weren't uh, of no help or actually negative help actually were a hindrance to me trying to get this wall done god is my witness first thing we're earmarking didn't man didn't he sign an executive order earmarking funds for a wall and then it got like overturned in a court or something like that or am i making that 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 sounds a little familiar now that you mention it, basically, basically any of these questions, he needs to include something along the lines of "We're just going to ignore whatever the court's saying, just build the wall." It's, well, it's the job. Let's, We've been trying to get Republicans to say that for decades. Donald Trump may may or may not be the one to finally say it, but he needs to basically say whatever hindrance. I'm the freaking president. I swore an oath of offense. Uh, office uh, this time. We're getting it done. And then I would actually throw an elbow out at um, at Greg Abbott. You knew you knew Joe Biden was not going to be able to secure the border. Why did it take you so long? And why why are there illegals still flooding in over the border, uh, Greg Abbott? I would I would throw in an elbow to him as well. Try to diffuse some of the blame for me. Like what's this? Why don't why doesn't Texas Texas just build a border or build a wall? And then if the courts come in and say you can't do that. Just say, okay, well, I guess you guys can come in and knock it down then. Yeah. We're not doing anything. I mean, so, you, you feel free to bring it. Okay. I mean, you guys are, I mean, I suppose the sergeant of arms that was good at the court. Who was the, who was the, the wacky lefty Luis Mensch or whatever, who, who had the, who had a huge following on Twitter for like 10 minutes that claimed the sergeant of arms of the oh, Supreme shit. Court was coming to arrest Trump, right? So send the sergeant of arms of the Supreme Court to come and tear the wall down by all means. But uh, I guess I guess the Supreme Court's enforcement mechanism will have to come in and tear the wall down. See, so I thank think you. both Jesse Kelly and Oran McIntyre are like on to something when they just talk about like how far we are truly gone and what it's going to take. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the system was scared at first because they really thought Donald Trump was like a bit joker. Like I just do things, but then once he didn't just keep going. I mean, this thing leads to happen at a level of like, these are the things I'm going uh, to do. If you get in my way, here's all that federal, like, ju- it, and it can't be just talk right away. Like pay, federal funding gone. All these places, and and it, it, as quickly as possible, see uh, that places like Iowa are this this paradise, and places that uh, California is a bad example. But what 
what's the place that used to be a flip of a coin and that is now generally going left? Virginia. That, you know, that place is hell on earth because I am, I'm making life as hard as possible. You chose this. I didn't. Hmm. We've talked a big game for a long, long time and funding is a big issue that people have talked a big game about, but hardly ever, you know, for, you know, instead of doing that, Republicans like Grassley, even like 20 years ago, were talking about rainforests and, I, you know, mm-hmm. stop it, change it, show that you're changing it through action. Give Rick a grade here. We got about four minutes. Give him a grade on his questions. What a, do you think? A minus. Mm, I want to go into A territory. I, I would go uh, B, B plus. Which is no small thing. It was, you know, but <laughs> way better than we normally get from the press. So, Dude, hey. he, gave, he gave us enough content to fill an entire two-hour program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's something yeah. to be said about that, for sure. Um, okay, final thoughts. I mean, I, the, the A- minus for me is, you know, I I agreed with, I think, the equivalent of three, uh, all but three. I thought all but three questions, so I was like... Uh, one was whole cloth, one and then uh, you know one and a half and one and a half, or maybe a half a question. So I I thought, you know, all but three questions in total were fair. So that's you know ten out of thirteen. Maybe that's not a letter grade of an A minus, but um, when you when you factor in when you factor in the the, the fact that uh, none of these questions on basically basically any platform that these would be legitimate questions for even mainstream media to ask but no they want to they want to focus on the orange man bad just the whole cultic thing that they've got going on right-wing media i don't think is ever going to ask these types of questions 10 out of 13 fair questions i think that's doing pretty well so we're in an environment where right-wing media won't do it because they view themselves as the counter to left-wing media more than a, per, a their own individual pursuer of truth. Left-wing, left-wing media won't do it because it goes against every premise that they're using to try to destroy the country. And it would actually, uh, by asking him these questions, give him an opportunity to further um, delineate himself from their destructiveness, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So where do truth pursuers go then? <laughs> Right. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people are like, you know what, man, if we're not going to, if we're not going to truth pursue anymore, I'm just going to line up with the people then yeah, that are the most inclined to support the truth I believe in, even if they don't do it as well as I would like, as often as I would like, or the way that I would like. But if that's where we're at, civil war, then I guess de facto civil war, then I guess it is then, right? That's the way yeah. a lot of people think. I can't, I can't blame them for thinking that way. It is just the way I'm wired, it's hard for me. I, I'm just not wired that way. Like I, I am just wired to push more when I feel like people don't want to be pushed. That's just the way I was made. But I, that doesn't mean I'm not sympathetic to the instinct, though. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. I just, too many uh, tone concerns. Uh, that was a problem for me. And then there at the end, the, um, not quite addressing the the paradigm that we were dealing with that, that even if trump even if trump had done things uh as well as we would have liked to the spirit of the age is such that we're not just dealing with mortal forces that can be defeated by uh the champion in the arena uh there there's going there's going to be carnage 
no matter what now because mm-hmm. it's we we've we've let the wrong lion out of the cage and we kept the good one we let a snake out of the yeah, cage yeah not a lion yeah that's what we did yeah, yeah. and it Donald, no man and not Donald Trump is is equipped on their own to just hit all the right buttons in all the right order. No. And it's and but that which is why he should be pushed. Yeah. Rather than apologized for, he okay. should be pushed. Yes. That'll do it. Thank you, Rick, for the questions. Thanks to all of you for tolerating our answers. We'll see you next time right here on Blaze TV. Until then, John three seventeen.